Welcome to Chinuch 2.0, a show about the massive changes happening to how we do Chinuch, some of which may never be the same again. I had the special privilege to guest host the Headlines Show, David Lichtenstein's Headlines Show, which reaches tens of thousands of people all over the world. And the topic is a favorite one. It was about tuition and how tuition is rapidly getting out of control and out of reach for the average Jewish family. And what can we do about it? We spoke to a handful of school administrators and Rev Zev Kohn from Chicago and we heard lots of feedback about what was aired on the show. What was surprising to me from all the feedback is that many people have a very negative attitude towards their schools. Rabbi Cohn spoke about the importance of making tuition a priority, how he spoke about families who really struggle but made tuition their first expense, and how we shouldn't look to try to avoid paying tuition, we should try to pay as much as we can, and of course he's right. Of course the chinuch of our children comes first. But a big concern that I heard from people is that how can we just accept the school's number as a cost of paying for my child's tuition? Now, of course, there's a basic amount that people would agree is, makes sense as what it costs to pay for my child's education. But when the school puts a price list and they give it to the parents and the parents look at it, they right away assume that the school is trying to get more out of them than they really need to educate my child. And right away, that creates a, a, a distrust between the parents and the school. So, for example, when you go into Target, when you go into Walmart to buy soap, deodorant, shampoo, and you look at the price, you, the price that you see for the shampoo is what you assume that's what it costs to produce the shampoo, ship it here. The, the company that makes the shampoo sh- sh- should make a little bit of profit. Target should make a little bit of profit and pay their workers. And then I get my shampoo. But when you register your child in a school and you see the price, 14000 16000 20000 you right away assume that, no, no, it doesn't cost the school $20,000 to educate my kid. The school is just trying to get as much money out of me so that they could pay for the other kids who can't afford the full tuition. So if I have a lot of money, okay, I'm happy to pay that. Maybe, maybe, maybe yes, maybe not. Maybe it's something that I'm called to give to, or maybe, maybe I'd rather give my money elsewhere. But okay, if it's 20000 and I could, and I'm making $3 million a year, no problem. But for the average family struggling to get by, there's a huge difference between if it costs $8,000 or if it costs $12,000. So when the school gives me a price, how do I know that that price is really what it costs? And we don't know because there's no transparency in the school's finances. There's no way for an average person to go and look and see the, 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 the budget that the school has, the annual budget, and what they're spending their money on and where the money's coming from and where the money's going. Another important point. We just went through the coronavirus and, all, and the major impact that it had on our lives. There was a long period of time when schools were closed. 
Now, a lot of the schools said that they're paying the teachers full salaries, they're repayment teachers, and therefore you have to continue paying tuition. Okay, understood. That's fair. The school did what they can to teach from, to do distance learning with Zoom or phone conferences, and the school had many programs, drive-by, sending sheets. We, we had many interviews on our show discussing how the schools managed during that time. But, of course, their expenses were a lot lower because the schools were closed for four months. Think about it. There was no utility expense. There was no cleaning expense. There was no food expense. There was no transportation. Very, very few schools, if any, gave a refund on the tuition. On top of that, many schools got millions and millions of dollars of government aid, especially during this pandemic. Most schools got two months of payroll covered by the government. That's a huge expense that was covered by the government. Shouldn't the school give that back to the parents? If it's a partnership between schools and parents, the school should have said, okay, this year we only had to pay for, te- for, for eight out of the 10 months of payroll. So therefore, your tuition will be reduced by that percentage. Schools didn't do that. So let's say the budget of the school is $4 million. And there's 800 kids in the school. So then, you know, it costs around $5,000 to educate a child. I'm giving simple numbers now. The problem with that calculation is that you're not taking into, in, in, into account a lot of different things. First of all, the government does give some aid to schools. So even if the budget is $4 million, we don't know how much of that is covered by the government. Second of all, the school might get private donations, nothing to do with tuition. The school just comes the money gets donated to the school maybe a few hundred thousand dollars a year reducing that need for the tuition to make up make up that difference and then within the school itself there should be different prices an eighth grade student costs the school more than a kindergarten student simply because the eighth grade rabbi gets paid more than the kindergarten teacher and what about special needs children or special education needs some kids need more time and more resources to be educated properly, they need to go to a resource room or a special tutor that sometimes the school covers, which is not included in the rest of the school budget. And why should that be the responsibility of all the parents to pay for that child? Now, of course, that child needs those services. We're not denying that fact. But is it really the responsibility of the school to have to pay that? So all these things contribute to a very basic breakdown of trust between schools and parents, and they look at it much more as a business transaction instead of a real partnership. So because of that, this topic of tuition is a very emotional topic for most people. Many people feel that the information that was shared by the administrators of the schools in the show was very flat and unemotional and not really getting into the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter is how Can parents know what does it cost to educate their child? Is the school spending their money wisely? And what am I getting for the money that I'm paying? And until that relationship is healed, tuition is always going to be a struggle. Schools are going to struggle to get the tuition that they want from the parents. Parents are going to do everything they can to pay as little tuition as possible. And the struggle will continue. In an upcoming show, we're going to interview a school that is bucking this trend and has actually created a model where parents willingly pay the tuition that's given to them, the the tuition price that's given to them, and there's a very deep sense of trust between parents and the school. And it's a good question. Why don't all schools follow that model? So listen out next week 
to Chinuch 2.0, where you're going to hear an interview with two people from a school in New Jersey that are actually developing a model where there is trust and there is a good relationship between parents and a school. I'm going to replay the interview with Reb Zev Kohn that was aired last week on the Headlines show. We have the schos to speak with Rav Zev Kohn. He's the Rav of Adas Yishurin in Chicago, and he runs a kailu for Yanni Chayshin Mishpat. Shalom, Rav Zev. Shalom Aleichem to you, Rav Aaron. Okay. Let's start with the, with, with the first question. So the big question people, people have is, could they use Meister money to pay their tuition? Okay, so the answer to that question, the simple answer is no. As Moshe writes in the Tshuva, a person is obligated to educate his children. And, um, and therefore, once you're obligated to do something, as it says in Uchus that which is an obligation, you can't use mice and money for. However, however, this issue, which has come up here in Chicago and, and in many other cities across the country, is that full tuition is based on what the school can get from the parents who are in the school, which means that if you would divide the school's budget by the number of children in the school, for instance, if the school charges, let's say, $15,000 for full tuition, but if they would divide the budget by the number of children in the school, it would come out that the school really has to pay $12,000 for each child. But since many people don't pay full tuition, Therefore, the school charges $15,000 and the rest of the money they raise after that. So many parents came with the question years ago, that extra $3,000, can they use that money towards my some money? Because that money is not paying for the education of their children. It's almost like a forced tzedakah on the parents who can afford to pay more, that they're charging $15,000. And that extra $3,000 is going to help the parents who can't afford to pay more. So. Almost all places can hold that that $3,000 could be used for MISA money. Once again, it's because that money is not being used to educate your child directly. That money is being used to help the school be open for all children. So that's a very nice thing to do. It's a wonderful thing to do. It's a big mitzvah to do, but it's not a chiv. So once it's not a chiv, therefore that could be used for MISA money. So the answer to the question in the short is you cannot use Maisa money to pay for tuition. Ramesha says even for girls' tuition, where there may not be the same chiv of lima atayra, you can't do it because you have to put your children into an environment that's going to be conducive for them to becoming But if you are being forced, quote-unquote, to pay more money than it really costs to educate your child, that extra money can be used for Maisa. So does the school have to tell the parents how much of their tuition is going to pay for other children? Well, what the school... <laughs> that's a good question. It's an interesting question, as all these questions are. Um, you can find out, one could find out from the school what the budget is and how many them there are. And that way you, it's not a, you know, not a complicated equation. You make the division, you'll figure out what it costs the school per child, and then that way you can, you know, you can make the cheshvan about what goes towards mice and what does not go towards mice. And, okay. you know, again, it's... We need to have all of our children, Baruch Hashem, in school. Okay, and this is one of the ways that schools have engineered, if you want to use that term, to be able to do it. So it, it's true, when the when the parents came up several years ago with this question in Chicago, it must be going back over 20 years in Chicago, so everybody said, you're right, 
the extra money, they, they were willing to pay the extra money. They weren't saying that, you know, you're forcing us to give tzedakah. But at the, at the same time, it, it is something that goes beyond the obligation of what, we're, what we are obligated to do for our children. So that much money is, in fact, permissible to be used for Misa. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you, you mentioned before, Moshe says about girls, or that girls also, because you have to put them in a good environment, even though they don't have a chiv necessarily to entire. What about older children? Let's say I have a, a, a son who's 19, 20, he's learning in yeshiva, and he's going to Yisrael to learn. Do I have a chiv to put him in yeshiva then? Can I use that money for Misa? You can still use that money for Misa, because uh, Shulchan Harav says you have an obligation to make sure your son knows uh, Tanakh and uh, uh, Bavli, Yushalmi, I don't know if he mentions Yushalmi by name, I don't remember, but you have, you have a chiv to teach your child to, to don't call it Tarakula. That's, uh, that's a and that, and that, and that chiv comes to the tune of ten, fifteen thousand dollars a year, whatever it is? Whatever meaning it is, meaning yeah. to say that you can't use it for Miser. I would say that's correct. You cannot use it for Miser. That's mm-hmm. correct. That's what I mean to say. Yeah. You have an obligation to, right, to, to, you know, to be Mechanachi's son. You want to know once your son gets married, and now he's learning in Kailul, and he needs money to support his family, that's a different story. Right. That's a different okay. story. Yeah, that's, that's a different discussion. <laughs> yeah, right, but, uh, but uh, and, and over there you could use Misa, but, you know, with, with some caveats, which are right. okay. not going to be discussing right now, obviously, but uh, but prior to that, I would say that you um, you could use it for Misa money. Uh, you could not use it for Misa money, because uh, you have that Chiv to do. Seminaries for daughters, that, that could be a serious Shiloh. Seminaries for daughters, that, uh, it's also a real discussion. You have to send your daughter to seminary. Should she go to seminary? Is it a good experience? Everybody would say it's a great experience. You know, do you have to send the territory to Israel? No, that, that, that's, that's a very serious debate. Very mm-hmm. serious debate. If you want to, okay, I mean, it's really a different shot that you have here on the thing. I don't know if you should jump around, but um, somebody once asked me a Shiloh many, many years ago. It wasn't even a Shiloh, it was a was making a very serious point. He was an executive director in an elementary school. And he said, why should I give parents um, scholarships for tuition when, you know, post-high school seminaries don't give uh, scholarships? So there you pay full tuition, no scholarship for your daughter to go to school for one year. And here, where your children go to school for 10 years, and you're getting scholarships, you know, well, what's the, uh, you know, how do you work that out? That's a, that's a very serious Kuala Yisrael Shiloh, a very serious Kuala Yisrael Shiloh. Yeah. What's the, um, you know, what's the breakdown for that? And if the time is that I have to send my daughter to seminary, you know, because she needs it for education, that's one Shiloh. She needs it for a resume for Shaduchim, that's a different Shiloh. <laughs> you, need a, you need another, uh, you it's know, a different discussion. show. It's for a different, no, different show. A completely different show. Okay. You need an entire show for that show. Good. Okay, let's let's go on to a very juicy Shiloh that uh, you told me you spent a lot of time on. So uh, I know someone who had an experience who had a, a who was getting a break on their tuition and the school wrote in the, in the contract that we're, we're giving you a scholarship with the, with the stipulation that whenever your fa- financial situation improves, you have to pay the, the difference that, that we're, that, the, the break that we gave you. Is that something that the school could be machai of a person to do? Okay, now I want to say something. This is a fascinating question. If you want to deal with the lumdus of the question, and I know, Rabbi, you come from a family of Gavaldic Lamdun. If you want to deal with the lumdus of the Shiloh, lumdus is, is incredible, meaning the following. And here's something which has to be said. I'll, I'll, I'll say it right now. 
No one is obligated, no one is obligated to educate our children except for us. Parents are obligated to educate their children. Father is obligated to educate his child. He's obligated to chinuch. He's obligated, as I said before, from the from the shulchan aruch He's obligated to teach his son Torah. Finished. Daughters, all different discussions, but the obligation is on the parents. The school, the school as a shliach, is being mekayim the obligation of the parents. Okay. So now we go to the school. Say, I want to bring my child in. I know I thank you for educating my child, being mechanic my child, teaching my child Torah. I know it's my chiv. Fine. How much is tuition? $15,000. Okay. I cannot afford to pay $15,000, says the father. How much can you afford to pay? They make the cheshman. You can pay 7500 I can pay half. Okay, fine. Now the school says, listen, you can pay half. We're, we are going to take on the obligation to educate your child, and we're going to take on the obligation to raise the other money. Raise the other money. Okay. Now, let's say there's no letter yet. There's no letter. In the middle of the year, somebody gets the Arusha, an uncle who is 98 years old, lived a wonderful life. He died. He left his great-great-nephew a half a million dollars. So let's say there's nothing written. What should a person do? They got a half a million dollars, and the school is giving them a $7,500 discount, and the school, in effect, is raising that money. So should they now start paying full tuition or not? The pasture says without any letter, absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. Now they have money. Now they have money. Now, if you want to know the following, Shaila, just for one more minute, I have a house that has only two bedrooms, and that I have Baruch Hashem eight children, and and the sleeping accommodations are are uh, are, are horrific. Good, so you have a very serious Shaila. What are my priorities? What are my priorities? So go to a rav, go to a go to a Pisic, go to somebody who you trust, who is who is. Uh, obviously a person who doesn't work for the school, doesn't work for you, and he's going to be able to give you an unbiased opinion, about what you should do with the money. Now, the school decided that instead of waiting for you to come to us, we're telling you up front that if you get money, we want you to come and tell us. So now the Shiloh is exactly what the school does. Meaning, do you really owe the school, is loved this for a half a minute, do you really owe the school $15,000? Does the school said, we're willing to raise the $7,500 for you? Or did the school say to you, you know what? You don't have the money. We understand. We're making you the, the, the $7,500 of the $15,000. You have to pay us only $7,500. What's the, what's the lump that's what's really going on over here? The pashtus is, we had a big discussion about this for the last few days in the Kailu. The pashtus is that you really owe the school the whole tuition. You owe the school the tuition. Elamite school says, we'll take your child in, even though you can't pay tuition. So now, but, we're telling you, but if you have the means to pay tuition, we want you to pay tuition. Now, again, if you want to get into alumnus, and you want to turn it into another show, so now, should you prorate? Should you go back retroactively for the beginning of the year? That could really depend on what the, on what the school wrote in the language. And we did find out that there were two schools. One school wanted to do this and ended up not doing it, and one school did do it. And that is, a person is on scholarship for 10 years, uh, let's say for 25 years, Baruch Hashem, until all his kids get out of the school. 25 years he's been a parent in the school, and he's been on scholarship for all those 25 years. Fine. Now all his kids are married, and now he's whatever it is. He's 65 years old, and all of a sudden he finds himself with a lot of money. He has no children at home, and he, his stocks went up, 
or he got an inheritance, and he has money. Should he pay the school? Yeah, it's a nice big bill. Ah, it was, it was, Could be it a big bill, so uh, five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Whatever it is, okay. He made he made himself five million dollars, and he has five hundred thousand dollars of Mysa money. But to get even the Mysa money, he made himself five million dollars. He got a Yerusha five million dollars. Whatever happened to him? He invested in a stock, and it, made, it, made, it turned into a lot of money. So one school put in that this money is owed to us, and if any time during your lifetime you make money, we want the money. We want the money. One school tried to do that in a, in a neighborhood where real estate was going through the through the roof, and they said that when when your children are finished with school and when your expenses are finished, and now you have a lot of money in your house, you've made a million and a half or two million dollars in your house, it's gone up in value from whatever it is, from a, you know, for two hundred thousand dollars to two and a half million dollars in the neighborhood. We want some of that money for the school. We we pay for your child. We pay for your child. So. They, the, the person told me that the, those, they, he doesn't know if they went to Ramesha or Yankov, they were alive at that time, and they told them no. Somebody else we spoke to today also said, it's not the Mahalach. It's not the Mahalach. But if a school wants that to be the Mahalach, I'm not saying the school's right or wrong. That's another shear for another show. But Lamaisa, the school could, could say it. And if the, you agree to it, because you want to send your kid to that school, so you agreed. You agreed. But even if that's too much of an extreme, that for the rest of your life you're saddled with the scholarships that you've got. But one thing is for sure, that if you make more money, first that is to sit down and make a real Ehrlich HaCheshman. Not that I don't want the school to find out that I made money because I don't want to pay the tuition that I owe them. That can't be the Mahalach. The Mahalach has to be that if I make more money, I should be paying more tuition. How you want to decide that? Okay, so saying you have to ask a serious child, but a person has to be serious about this. It, it, it's a fantastic Shiloh, both in Lundus and Lamaisa. But it ties into the first thing I said. The Achrayas, to educate our children, is on parents. Parents have children. They have children. Then you have all the Achrayas to make sure that you are the person who's Machanak your children. Okay, so this leads us into this question, into the question that many people have, whether they think about it, uh, they, they actually verbalize it, or they're just thinking about it. But if someone has, has the choice, they could negotiate their, tu- their tuition and pay a reduced rate, or they could sacrifice, they can, make, they can pay the full tuition, which will come at a, a huge personal sacrifice, both the husband and the wife will have to make in their lifestyle in order to do it. What should, what should the right attitude be? Oh, Byron, I have to tell you like this. This question, it, <laughs> like every one of these questions, it's a very serious question. I, I'd like to say the following. I want to tell you one vignette before I tell you anything else. In my life as a rub for 32 years, I never, ever said the following line to anybody except for one person. One person I told, I will never answer any of your shilas again. It was a friend of mine who, who moved to Chicago, and unfortunately he got sick. He eventually was nifter as a young man. While he was sick, I went to see him. And he told me that um, since he stopped working, he got sick, he stopped working, his income went went down. And he wants me to know that for Pesach, he was telling me this, Derech Agav, he wants me to know for Pesach, he is only ordering machine matzahs and not hand matzahs. So I said, why? He said, I can no longer pay full tuition. If I can't pay full tuition, I can't be mahader to buy hand shmur, I'm going to buy machine. Wow. Oh. That wow was wow was my reaction, 
And I told him that this from now on, I cannot answer any of your shows. <laughs> You're too much of a tzaddik for me. I can't. I can't. You got to go to somebody else. I can't. I can't. I, 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 such a cheshman. Such a cheshman to say, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to order, you know, a hand shmura. What? Who? Because I don't pay full tuition. Okay. So I'm not telling anybody, first of all, nobody should get sick. I'm not telling anybody to do such a thing. And I am not telling anybody that they have to have an apartment or a house like a Byron Leib Steinman, that's all. You know, when when you all know the story, when the, when the ceiling collapsed or whatever, there was a leaky roof, you know, and he, he didn't fix it, you know, or he only took care of whatever had to be taken care of and he didn't repaint. He said, well, I have to repaint for it. I'm not telling anybody they have to have an apartment like that. I don't know who's going to be listening to this discussion, but there was one rule for the Rashiva Shlita, Shibizachar, Fushleva, Sashachal, Yisrael, the Rashiva of Long Beach, my Rebbe, but that's Zain Namal. Now, what does that mean to be normal? Okay, so I know people who did not send their children to camp all the years because they never paid full tuition. Never paid full tuition. They never sent their children to camp. Their children worked during the summer. They made backyard camps. Whatever they did, their children never went to camp because they never paid full tuition. Is going to camp a necessity? It's a great child. It's a great child. What type of car should you drive? That's a great child. I think people have to realize the following. Dafsein Namal means you don't have to live like you're in a vice grip that every time I want to spend an extra dollar, I have to think about tuition. I'm not saying that. Maybe some tzaddikim live like that. Those are the people who keep Kali Yisrael going, those type of tzaddikim. But Namal can also mean, do I go away for Pesach to a hotel and not pay full tuition? Right? We all understand that extreme. That's go away and pay something for a hotel and not pay full tuition. How can you, you know, how could a person do such a thing? How can a person do such a thing? What are you holding? So, you know, do I need a new couch? Should I get a new couch? Should I go away on a vacation? You know, not, not a five-star vacation, a two-and-a-half-star vacation. Okay, so everybody has to know where they are. And that also, it, it, it would be very healthy for people to be able to have someone to talk to who, again, who can give them an unbiased opinion about what may be too much or what may be too little. What do you have to do? What should I do? What shouldn't I do? But I, I think that your questions and this discussion are, are so extremely important because what really is needed is face-to-face, face-to-face conversations. The school has an incredible achrayis. They're trying to educate the Menei and Menei Yisrael. What an incredible achrayis. What a wonderful job they do. The Rebbeim and the Moros are all being Moisenefish. Nobody's getting paid a half a million dollars a year to teach. Not happening anywhere. And nobody's banking any money by being a Rebbe. We all know that. And we all know that they should be making twice as much, three times as much as they're making. So they don't need five jobs. We all know that discussion. Now, after everything is said and done, parents also have to be a part of this conversation. What do I have to do in order to make sure that my money is going to the school? Not the attitude should be, if I make more money, the school's going to take it away. Now, if I make more money, I want to give it to the school. The school's going to take it away. I want to give it to the school because that's my responsibility. So, again, your, your questions are, are, are extremely, extremely important, each and every one of them. And, and we, have to, we have to be zeichet to, you know, to, to, to get into this conversation in an honest way. And there's a lot of pressure. A person can be making several hundred thousand dollars a year and not be able to pay full tuition. It's an amazing thing. I mean, I, I'm a little older already, but when I was a kid, you know, the, the person making $50,000 a year was the Gavir. 
a person making $200,000 a year now with eight children, but their cloud can't pay full tuition. Not Shaykh, can't pay full tuition. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a very serious undertaking and a very serious conversation. Like we've been having, like you've been, like you've been creating, and uh, we should be like to take the conversation to the next level. Not confrontational, but conversational. What do we want to do with our achrayas, with, with that which HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us, with that we have for resources, what should be spent for our children? I'm not saying anything with their bracha, with their schoola, I'm not saying anything, but I am sure that the more